Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome back to another episode of Clashing in Traffic. As always, my name is Catfish. I'm your host, so why don't y'all hop on in, buckle up. It is time to go play in some traffic. Guys, what do we have going on in the land of Clash of Clans? Well, today is Tuesday, uh, February, I don't even know what the date is, February 15th. So uh, happy Valentine's Day yesterday to those who were uh, celebrating that. And something just got announced from Clash of Clans. And that's exciting that I was just about to record and something gets announced. So I've actually got new material to cover. So we will get into that in just a moment. Uh, first off, let's pick up where we left off last week. Guys, when we left you last week, we still had not quite finished CWL with Knights of Zion and with Eden's Edge. And as predicted, the poor Knights of Zion, we just did not have a good week in CWL and we ended up demoting. So we are down in Champions 3. We're working hard this month to get better at attacking. I think our big issue, though, was defense. Like I said, we we were up against teams who were, well, they were getting 38 and 39 stars against us. And uh, we actually averaged the most stars against in the entire league that we were up against. So clearly our defense was not up to snuff. So we've got some of our base builders working on getting us some bases for next month. And whoever makes the Champions 3 roster for KOZ, we're going to have some we're going to have some bases to hand out to these guys so that maybe we can do just a little bit better when we go uh, to try to promote back up to Champions 2 in March. Eden's Edge, Eden's Edge did finish off undefeated so they promoted up into a master three so congratulations to the guys in eden's edge we will likely have oh, quite a few town hall 14s to send to them next month so they should be able to remain where they're at in master league uh, we hope to see that we have had a couple new faces that have joined up with us in the knights of zion and eden's edge family so welcome to all the new folks who have head on over to our clans we appreciate you guys with the, the interest in the clans and we hope that you will do well in your trials and that you will be able to continue helping us as we endeavor to do the best that we possibly can. So now, what is this news that I'm talking about? What is going on? So just a couple hours ago, Supercell had a maintenance break. Uh, Clash of Clans went down for maintenance, and they said that they were doing some back-end maintenance on the servers, which is, you know, we're used to that. Things They have to take servers down offline for uh, a little bit of time. This one was a little bit longer, about an hour or so, so I figured that meant something else was going on. Well, they haven't enabled the things yet, but they did. Shortly after maintenance was over, after the game came back online, they announced some quality of life improvements. So I don't think I need to read all these. I know that this is probably the first that we're hearing about it in podcast form anyway, but there's already tons of YouTubers who have covered it. You guys all know how to read yourselves, so it is in the news section in-game. But let's go ahead and talk about a couple of the things that we have going on. Some of these are things that we have requested in the past, that those of us in this community, we have mentioned some of these things. Uh, some of us have recommended some of these things when Supercell asked about quality of life updates that the community wanted oh, a few months back on the subreddit. Well, here we go. The one, the first one that they talk about, it does have an impact. It has a, a good impact for farmers, for those of us who like to get in and do a couple of attacks and then have to hop off. Uh, this one is going to help us out quite a bit, and that is the hero's extra life. So we've always been able to, 
well, I don't know about always, but we for a very, very long time have been able to have two armies trained up, right? Even back when you had to individually train up each individual barracks, there was ways to, to get things queued up, right? Well, now, with the th way things are, you finish that one raid, you head back to your home base, you've got an army trained up, but your heroes are down. And if they're max heroes, they're down for quite a long time. If they're max heroes without any sort of gold pass or anything going on, yeah, th those heroes are going to be down for quite a bit. Well, now they have added an extra life to the heroes. Does not impact anything while attacking, doesn't give any extra HP or whatever, but it essentially queues up another life for the heroes so that you can get two raids done back to back without having to worry about your heroes resting up and, and regenerating. And it uses, it, it pulls from this extra life bar that they're going to have however much life they lost in that current raid. So if your queen was only down to half health, well, she's only going to pull half health out of that that extra life bar. So those folks who are down doing barch or or whatever you might be doing to do, you know, quick raids, you know, this this might come in handy to be able to have those heroes up for multiple attacks if you're just using little armies that can either train quickly or you're not using your full army. So this is I think this is a good thing. So essentially on the home village, your heroes can have up to 200% health and you can use up to 100% of that per raid and then you can pull from the rest of that extra health as you get ready to go do a second raid. So that's uh, that's some good stuff, guys. I, I think that this is going to help out the farmers. It's going to, and even in war attacks, those last minute war attacks, if I've got two attacks at the end, I don't have to worry about boosting my heroes to be able to get both of those attacks done at the end. So this is, this is some good stuff. One that I actually got on board with, another change that is that I got on board with when it was getting mentioned in the subreddit and one of the things that I have had on my wish list for a while is some UI changes to the clans. The one the thing that they're adding is that leaders and co-leaders will be able to see approximately how recently clan members have logged onto the game that's already been available kind of in the API. So it only made sense that they would add it in game. There are some discord bots that have been able to look and see, and even web bots that have been able to look and see about the last time a player was online and let you know that, Hey, this guy hasn't been seen for a couple days. Well, now it's going to be in game. It's not going to be as precise as down to, Hey, this guy was online five seconds ago, but it'll tell you within a day of when the last time that person was on. So clans who have folks who might disappear for two, three, four days at a time, you'll be able to know that they have or have not been online. This can help now if is, is we're making war rosters, right? If somebody missed a war attack and we get ready to spin a second war and go, all right, this dude missed a war attack. He's also not been online in three days. Maybe something happened and we need to bench him even though he's green. And I know a lot of people would bench accounts that have missed war attacks. So that's nothing new, but just having this extra little bit of information is going to be helpful. The other thing that I absolutely love is that they're actually going to be adding the town hall icon next to the name in the clan list. So the, the XP, the, 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 the account experience level is going to be going away on that screen. The experience level will still be available. You'll still be able to see it elsewhere and you'll actually be able to do some other things with it. But instead of seeing an experience level, you're going to see a town hall level, which is great for leaders and co-leaders who are trying to manage things, especially when it comes to spinning up wars, to, to actually have that right there 
to make it easy to see what's going on. Awesome. You're also going to be able to sort your clan members in several different different ways. Right now, it's sorted by trophies. That's the default way to sort things in the clans. And now you're going to have several different ways. You'll be able to sort by most trophies, highest town hall level, role, so leader, co-leader, elder, member, last active date, which is only available to leaders and co-leaders of the clan, most troops donated, most troops received, and those things can only be seen by the actual clan member. So if I'm going and looking at your clan, I'm not going to be able to sort things by those metrics. Only the clan members can do that. And then, of course, highest XP level. Those are some those are some good changes that that helps with clan management things that helps. You know, I, I think that some of that might be part of what's coming in whatever this big update is, because we're now making some changes to the way things are displayed, making it a little bit easier to manage clans. Maybe this is just the first wave of getting things lined up for whatever big update that we have coming. Other balance changes. So this is stuff that actually affects in-game play. E-Dragon's movement speed is going to be increased from 1.5 to 1.6 tiles per second. I, you know, I've got to wonder. Let's do the math. We all know that if an E-Drag gets stuck against a sweeper, that that E-Drag is basically just useless, right? The, the, sweep, the sweeper's fire rate and the E-Drag's reset rate and movement speed is about equal. And the E-Drag can never overcome that. If it gets stuck in that sweeper, unless it has some other help from somewhere else, that E-Drag is just useless. It's going to sit there and bounce back and forth. If there's no other defenses targeting, targeting it, it's just going to sit there and bounce back and forth in that sweeper. This little tiny movement speed increase could potentially adjust that. So maybe these E-Drags won't be getting stuck. Now, I know most of us in, in serious war, um, in high-level clans, we kind of look down on E-Drags, but unfortunately, they are valid. They are valid attack strategy in some some cases. So I can't. I guess I can't just, just knock them completely. Now... Dragons and Dragon Riders and Super Dragons have been pretty doggone meta at the Town Hall 14 high-level attack strategies. Now we're adding another dragon that's getting just a little tiny bit of a buff. Oh, man, come on. When is ground coming back? When is ground coming back? The Battle Blimp destruction damage is being decreased. So, wow, it's getting decreased by about 300, if I'm looking at this right. 300 at level 1, 400 decrease at level 2, or 500 decrease at level 3? From 1400 to 900 at level 3. Wow. And then at level 4, it's going from 1400 to 1000. So it's losing 400 damage upon crash. So what is that going to change? Well, I, it, you know, I've got to think maybe that is to combat some of the blizzard, right? The fact that you could quake a bomb tower and then still land your blimp on top of it and the crash damage plus the damage from the quake, as long as you didn't have a bunch of the builder huts that were in there repairing it, that would take out the bomb tower before the super wizards would come out, right? So you'd have a couple of barbs and maybe a, maybe a, a goblin or whatnot that would come out first 
and that would be during the time that the bomb from the bomb tower would be going off so that would protect those super wizards well now that crash damage is it's being decreased quite a bit so i haven't been we haven't been able to change it or have not been able to change it we haven't been able to test it because these these balance changes have not yet gone live but that's the first thing that i think of that's that's some pretty significant destruction damage decrease from the battle blimp. So we're going to have to be watching out for that. Those guys who like to go in there. So hero, man, I know that, that you, you've got your school going on with how to, how to blizzard. You might need to take this into account, but because this, this destruction damage could end up messing up some stuff, especially if you're one of those folks who likes to land right on top of those bomb towers. All right, so what is another one of the balance change updates? Uh, let's see, we got the Battle Blimp Destruction. Here we go. Flame Flinger has been reworked with the following changes. It'll shoot a burst of three separate fire spirits instead of a single projectile. Damage per attack has been increased, oh, just ever so slightly. I mean, we're, level one Flame Flinger is the same. Level two is getting an increase of 25 Level 3 is getting an increase of 50, and level 4 is getting an increase of 75. So the damage is being increased a little bit. However, its life has been slightly reduced. It doesn't say by how much, but it says that the life is going to be slightly reduced, which could be, I don't know, I don't know if that's a good thing. That The life of that thing was almost the entire raid, right? If you didn't have any defenses attacking it, there were times where I had that sucker up at the end, which almost came back to bite me once or twice when I was doing the Legend League Challenge with Spoker because we had to have the 25 bowlers and I was taking bowlers in my clan castle and there was once or twice where I got down to the end of my attack and almost forgot to pop the stupid flame flinger to let those bowlers out because the flame flinger was still alive. So we've got that. I'm not sure what the change here is going to be though as we see this now shooting a burst of three separate fire spirits instead of one projectile consisting of three fire spirits. Interesting. We'll have to see how that works out and if that how that's going to change damage. Are the fire spirits all going to land in the same spot? Does it get spread around? Is it going to be like the old zap versus the the new zap where the, the damage was uh, spread around a little bit more? I don't know. That's that could be an interesting thing to see how that goes. Uh, splash damage from indirect hits has been decreased on the flame flinger. So now as I have that uh Flame Flinger targeting a cannon, the Archer Tower that's next to us is going to receive less damage. But as we know, that the only thing that that's really going to come into play is if we've got those Expos that are on that second level that are just barely out of reach of something that, of the Flame Flinger, then they're going to be able to get a few more shots off because they're not going to take quite as much splash damage. So we need to pay attention to that. Max fire DPS was decreased per level. The fire damage will ramp up much more quickly. Oh, okay. So the damage over time is going to ramp up a little bit more quickly. But we know that the splash damage is, is down. So I wonder if it's, it's going to end up being about the same, but it's going to be from a different type of damage, right? Because if the splash damage has decreased just a little bit, but the fire damage, that damage over time, is coming more quickly... Maybe it'll maybe it'll level out, but that's that's going to be a good thing, maybe because as we see, there's been plenty of times where I have had that flame flinger locked on, and the fire damage ends up killing whatever the defense is right after the flame flinger sends its next volley. So that kind of wastes that volley because the 
you know, the defense that it was targeting is now down before the volley gets there. So maybe that will help in that instance. And then the most important thing about the Flame Flinger is that the AI has been balanced to be more reliable. Guys, last week, there was a couple times uh, in the last two weeks where I would go on and do a little bit of a stream. Just just silly, no non, you know, just some nonsense, kind of whatever. And there were several times where that Flame Flinger, I would drop it. And let's say we're going at a corner and we've got one of those corner places where there's a cannon that is right in the corner and then a tile away from that, or maybe two tiles away from that. Uh, on either side of that corner, there's going to be archer towers. And then behind that, let's say an air defense. We see that, or I mean, the four, what the four defenses are doesn't really matter. But what's important is that there's one in the corner, which is cl the closest defense to where I'm dropping the flame flinger. And I would put down either a giant or a balloon just to test for traps, test for Teslas to make sure that none of those are going to pop up and then destroy that flame flinger. And then I would drop a flame flinger. The closest defense is that whatever's in the corner, that cannon, and the flame flinger would target the archer tower behind it so that the it steps up to target that archer tower, putting it in range now of the cannon, and then the cannon just destroys the flame flinger supposedly the AI is being balanced so that it's going to do that less often. Thank you. Thank you, Supercell, for figuring that out and getting it fixed. Uh, we have yet to see it actually work, so I'll, I'll hold off on, on completely praising them, but just the fact that they've been working on it is a good thing. I, I hope that we're going to see this work out quite a bit more. There's some other AI changes uh, limiting the randomness in attack position, a selection of ground troops if the target is in close proximity, remove targeting randomness from siege machines, so that's going to tie right in there with that flame flinger issue, and some other uh, forced retargeting of units when nearby unit is attacked will no longer occur if the attacker is too far away from the unit to react, and pet AI has been improved to prevent getting stuck in a retarget loop. I have seen that a couple times. The most frequent time you see that is the stupid builder, the, the builder machine over on the builder base where it just like starts going back and forth between two different things and doesn't actually ever target and doesn't do any damage. It just sits there walking back and forth, getting killed. Well, apparently the pets had some of that same issue over on the home village and that is getting worked also. There's going to be a change to the clan games where when you finish a challenge, there's now going to be the new challenge button available to you, whether you are on the home village or the builder base. How many times do we go to clan games and we all love to do those builder base challenges, right? They're the easy ones. It's the only time anybody really plays builder base. Well, except call me T. He plays it quite a bit. But that's that's when we play builder base and you would finish that challenge and then there's nothing about clan games over in the builder base. So you'd have to end that, go back to home, go over to the clan games thing, select the next one, then head back to the builder base. Now it's going to be there. You're going to have a little menu that pops up so that you can choose which challenge you would like to do regardless of which village you're on. And then this is going to be awesome. How many people have been playing with the music off? forever because it can be a little loud right and you there's no balancing between the music and the background noises personally i play i do war attacks with the sounds on but i turn off the screen shake and that's because i want to be able to hear when either i have pulled the enemy 
clan castle or in, in you know if i'm using a a siege machine and i need to know when that siege machine has maybe popped prematurely i can get that sound also the sounds of the eagle artillery targeting helps know about when i need to be doing things to protect my troops i can hear when the eagle artillery fires off you can kind of hear when inferno towers are ramping up their attack so yes doing war attacks with sound on has been helpful well now this is due to popular demand, adjusting the volume of the in-game music and sounds can be controlled using new sliders. So we can actually adjust the volume of the background music and the game noises, which will be great. We can balance that. That's also going to be good for those folks who like to stream and have that the sounds going on. You might be able to have a little bit more control over the volume of that. They are putting in a little bit of a screen to prevent those of us in the new gold pass from gemming that stupid clone spell that used to cost us one gem and then on the first of the month all of a sudden it costs us 30 gems. So they're going to put a little warning screen in which everybody's going to ignore anyway because we all do that every time we go to do anything including war hits and you forget your... You know, your heroes are down or you haven't fully trained your army. And even though there's a little screen that comes up and says, hey, check and make sure everything's there. We all ignore that. So we're going to ignore this too. But thank you, Supercell, for saying that there was an issue and putting it into the game. Uh, a couple other bug fixes were put in. Let's see. We any any bug fixes here that are actually going to have any sort of impact on us. Uh, siege barracks troops will not spawn within walls in case tornado trap pushes siege barracks toward a wall. Interesting. I haven't seen that bug yet, but anyway, the one that I'm seeing a lot of folks kind of freak out about is that it says troops affected by the shrink trap will not have HP reduced. So does that mean that the shrink trap is coming to the game or are they just doing that because the shrink trap has been in some of the challenges, um, notably, I believe judo, Cho judo choth, no, 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 come on, man, judo sloths challenge that was up recently i believe it had some shrink traps and then was it the one either at christmas or at halloween where there was one of those challenges and i believe that they had some shrink traps in there too so it's something that gets put in the game occasionally i don't know if that means we're going to see it maybe they're going to add that is something to uh, town hall 14 is it going to be something that's added to town hall 15 or is it just going to be one of those seasonal traps or challenge traps that's only there for certain challenges it's also in on the single player maps in some places, right? Am I wrong there? I have to check that out. I don't remember. I think it's in some of the single player maps. But that is one of the changes is that they will no longer have their HP reduced when they get hit by the shrink trap. And let's see, anything else? They're fixing the DPS for the Super Dragon. The, it, its info screen actually had some issues where it wasn't showing the right, the right DPS. Uh, fixed an issue where the Battle Blimp could get stuck in the air near an enemy town hall during a battle. I have had that happen to me as I am doing my silly popcorn blimp where the Battle Blimp just kind of hangs there for a couple seconds. And that, you know, if you have dropped your clone spells in anticipation of when that thing's going to drop, or if you're doing a blizzard and you're dropping your invisibilities in anticipation of that blimp dropping, sometimes that can throw you off. And then lastly, under additional changes, support for Facebook friends is being removed. So we're no longer going to have the ability to link up 
our Clash of Clans accounts with Facebook and then see which of our Facebook friends are playing Clash of Clans. They pulled that out. There's some security things when you start talking, uh, linking games and social media and whatnot. So they're pulling that away. And that's no longer going to be there. So Tribe of Judah, who was just recently complaining about having all those friends that he wanted to get rid of from Facebook, they're going to do it for you, bud. They're going to do it for you and remove it. Well, except I unlinked my account from Facebook and I still have a couple friends on there that I don't remember friending in game. Maybe I maybe I added, added them as friends with the Supercell ID. Maybe that's why they're still there. But some old uh, in real life co-workers from oh 20 years ago or so that are still on there and i was just looking at my friends list and thinking what on earth are those guys doing there not exactly sure so that sums up about what supercell put in the notes for the bonus quality of life update update that says is coming soon so these have not been rolled out yet but supercell does want us all to pay attention to how it's actually getting rolled out says that this isn't going to be one of those updates. It's not even an update. It's a quality of life update, but it's not going to be something that gets rolled out everywhere. It's going to be a little bit of a slow roll from country to country, apparently. And it says, uh, we request your patience as we roll out these changes. So we might start hearing of folks who have seen the changes before you actually see it in game. That's planned. It'll take a little bit of time. And I'm also hearing reports that there are some issues now after the maintenance break. So I don't know if that was due to the maintenance break, due to them loading in some of these quality of life changes into the back end before, before letting them go live onto the game. But there is a there's a subreddit post that, that Rick has pinned uh, that, that says that there are folks who are experiencing several issues. And I think I saw somebody, was it Darth Yoda? Let me, let me check here. Let me go check my discord. Yes. Darth Yoda from Sons of Gun says you hearing anything on player bans following this maintenance break. So there are a lot of folks, I guess, who are after the maintenance break coming into the game and it's saying that they're banned or there's clans where some of the members are gone. Uh, I'm even seeing on the subreddit where there were clans where the leader's account was somehow banned and now the leader account has been transferred to some other random person. So those are some things that should be getting worked on, some bugs that have happened. Uh, If you are in a war and there's a war base that you're looking at on the enemy team and it says that you cannot attack that specific base, it means that that base, that account, has been banned. So why it's not letting you attack it in war, I am not exactly certain. But there are several several bugs that are floating around right now. There is one Reddit post that Rick has uh, pinned in the subreddit. So if you if you have any, I don't know, unique things that you are seeing in your game, you can post it in there. Don't start a new a new post in the subreddit. Just look for the one that is already pinned at the top uh, so that we don't have 4,000 different posts going on about the exact same thing. But yes, there are some issues that are, that are being shown right now. So if you're one of them, you know, let me know, let me know what happens and let me know how it gets resolved, especially if like one of those bases that you can't attack because it's been banned in war. What happens if they don't get this fixed before that war ends? I would be interested to know if anybody was able to, you know, to go in and take care of that base? Did the attacks from that player that got banned account against you guys if they got them done before their ban got enacted? 
I don't know. There's some some interesting things going on. I know that Supercell, you know, the point of the, the server maintenance, if I read between the lines, was that they were going to be loading some things in. And it very well, it could have been or could not have been portions of the code for whatever the big thing is. And Darian did say in the subreddit that, no, this is not the big update because that's everybody. Anytime Darian says anything anywhere, everybody says, oh, is this the update? Is this the update? No, this isn't the big update. It's just some quality of life stuff. And he specifically mentioned that in his uh, one of his posts on Reddit. So no, this is not the big update. But if you are experiencing bugs or experiencing problems, if your account somehow got banned, were you able to get it back and recovered? There's supposedly some instructions that are getting sent out by support and some people are not having success with that. So this just goes to right into the issues that we're seeing with account security and whatnot. And yes, Darian got hounded about account security again after announcing the quality of life updates on Reddit. He he simply posted on the subreddit about the quality of life things. It was pretty much a copy paste from what you're able to see in the new section in game. And then everybody starts complaining about, wow, good job. Can't believe that you worked on these silly little quality of life updates instead of fixing account security. Okay. Two things. These quality of life things have been in works for months. Uh, there was a, a post, a request post from Supercell months back towards the end of last year asking for input on quality of life changes. And a lot of the things that are in this quality of life update were things requested by the community. And two, the account security thing is not being handled by the same people who are developing the in-game stuff. So the developer who is who coded these quality of life changes is not the same developer that would be making any changes to account security. So it's not like they had a focus on account security and stole the people away from that. No, there's a completely separate team. So they're not going to stop work on all of the other projects while they have the team that's devoted to working on account security and fraud. Uh, it's, they're not going to have those guys you know, everybody else stop. So just because they're putting out new content doesn't mean they have forgotten any of their other uh, promises that they have made. They have folks that are still working on that. All right. So what do we have coming up now? What do we have coming up in Clash of Clans? All of the events have ended. We don't have any more in-game events. I missed out on one of them. I missed out on the Valkyrie event, guys. That was a, that was a tougher one for me. And I kind of forgot about it until the last possible day to do it. And you needed to get 10 wins. So it was the last day where I'm in Legend League, so I can only do eight attacks. And then after the, the league reset, there was like a two or three hour window between the league reset and when the event ended. So I thought, okay, well, I will, I'm going to go to bed because I had to get up and, and do some work in the morning. So I go to bed and then I'll wake up and uh, do those two attacks. And I just felt like crud and didn't wake up and get those two attacks in. So I missed out on, oh, 10 gems, I think, because whatever the reward was from that was going to get turned into gems. So speaking of turning things into gems, we're going to do a little thing here while I am recording this episode. So I am one, I am one challenge away from completing my gold pass and getting my warden skin. Yeah, I just need to do one more attack with beta minions over on the builder base. And then I will have completed all of 
the gold pass challenges. And that attack is actually going underway right now because I just put everything down. I'm just spamming everything, getting those beta minions in there and hoping that they get me a star. There we go. So that finishes off my Grand Warden. Got him. All right. So here's what we're going to do. During this month, I did not collect the rewards from my gold pass, except for the perks. So like the builder boost perk, the research boost, the training boost, the one gem donation, and the larger season bank. I did collect wall rings because I was not full on wall rings. So I collected that one. And I think that's the only ones that... I collected. So everything else is still sitting here. So let's see how many gems I can get. I am currently sitting at, you guys are going to laugh at this total, my massive amount of gems that I have going on right now. I'm sitting in a grand total of 63 gems. That's right. I know you guys are jealous. You guys wish that you also had 63 gems. And part of that was because at the beginning of the season, I might have donated a couple troops before remembering that my gold pass had expired. So let's go in here and collect this and see how many gems we can get. We can go back to the beginning. So are all of my, let's let's make sure that my, all my loot is full on all of my bases. Yes, all right, we got builder base at 5 million and 5 million, that's full. My home village is sitting at 20 million gold, 20 million elixir and 350,000 dark elixir, 63 gems. All right, let's open up this challenge this gold pass, and we're going to go through here. First thing to collect is 500,000 elixir, which gives me five gems. Nice. 27 more of these to go. I'm not going to go ahead and read all of these because that's just boring unless I find a good one. So any of the ones that have loot are going to give me five gems a piece. Uh, super potion is going to give me 10 gems. Nice. Hero potion, 10 gems. I have a book of spells. Oh man, guys, the book of spells, most opiest of all books so rare, so rare, but I'm going to have to turn it into 50 gems. Yes. What do we have here? Some more dark elixir turns into five gems. Builder potion into 10 gems. Book of fighting. There we go. Another 50 gems. Awesome. More loot. Rune of elixir, 50 gems. Power potion, 10 gems. Some more resource. Oh, resource potions. I wasn't full on resource potions, so I actually collected those. Good to know. Good to know. How many we have left? We are at 12 left. Oh, a shovel. I apparently wasn't full on shovels. Now I have a shovel, but I might just go sell that because, you know, who needs shovels? Rune of Gold turns into 50 gems. Clock Tower Potion turns into 10 gems. 1.5 million gold is worth the exact same number of gems as the 500,000 gold. So what, how does that work, guys? I don't understand. That's some weird exchange rates you got going on their supercell rune of dark elixir sold for 50 gems 1.5 million elixir sold for five gems book of building sold for 50 gems and finally the book of heroes sold for 50 gems i have just cleared out my entire rewards on my gold pass all right i went from i had 63 gems before we started this and now after collecting 27 rewards, two of which I, I didn't get turned into gems because apparently I had I, I wasn't full on those. I thought all of my items were full. 
but that turned into 535 gems. I now have 598 gems looking a little bit better. So nice as I on Eden's Edge, you guys don't have to worry. I now have a few more gems to be able to donate troops to you guys for the rest of the month. And that right there is how Catfish gets gems. I don't buy gems. I just collect them through the gold pass. And I also collect them by removing the silly trees from my base, which is why I do not let my base fill up on the seasonal obstacles. Yes, I have some old school seasonal obstacles, but I don't keep all of them because if you keep all of those obstacles, then the regular trees and shrubs and stumps and whatever don't spawn. And that means you don't get to collect gems. Likewise, I'm over on the builder base and that's pretty much the only thing I do over on the builder base is collect gems. I'll run my clock tower boost every day that it comes available and then collect from my gem mine and remove any trees that are over there. So that's that's not a bad total. 535 gems from the gold pass. So the gold pass costs $4.99, so five bucks. And if you go into the shop, if they have just the small packs available, you can get a pile of gems, which is 500 gems for $4.99. So the gold pass is worth far more, far more than the gems that it, it's worth it, right? Because I got that many gems out of it, plus all of the boosts and all of the increased things. And there was a couple of those items that I held on to and I got the warden skin. So yeah, it is definitely worth the $4.99 it costs to get that gold pass. And that's if you just collect all of the gems at the end of the season. It's still worth it. Now, did everybody watch the big game on Sunday? I think everybody that listens to this knows I am a diehard fan of Cleveland sports. I grew up in Northeast Ohio, have been a Cleveland Browns fan my entire life. Even the years when we didn't have the Browns in Cleveland, they were still my team. I refused to even watch football during those dark years when Art Modell had stolen our team away from us down to that dirty city of Baltimore. Anyway, so I didn't really have much skin in the game this weekend. I, I find it difficult to root for one of our, you know, one of our divisional rivals. It would have been interesting had Cincinnati been able to pull off the win and be the Super Bowl champions, knowing that they were the only team to get defeated not once, but twice by the Cleveland Browns this year. Nobody else had that distinction, just the Bengals. But unfortunately, or fortunately, I don't know, they were not able to pull off the victory there. However, in the Knights of Zion Discord, there were some discussions going on about the big game, and folks were were talking uh, about me, you know, hoping that the that they were hoping the Bengals would win to prove that they were the best team in Ohio. And I made a statement in the Discord server. I said, I guaranteed that a team with roots in Ohio was going to win the big game on Sunday night. And you know what? That is exactly what happened. A little bit of sports trivia, a little bit of history for you. The Los Angeles Rams have played in three cities. We all know they play in LA now. They most recently were in St. Louis. And before St. Louis, they were in Los Angeles. So this move to Los Angeles was back. But where did they play before? they went to Los Angeles. Where were they based in, oh, let's say 1945 when the Rams won the NFL championship? That's right, guys. The Los Angeles Rams started their career 
in Cleveland. I believe they started in 1935. Uh, they played for the AFL, one of the, the second edition of the American Football League, moved over to the NFL, and in 1945, they won the NFL championship. And they were the first that wasn't of the big four to win the NFL championship. The big four being the Bears, the Giants, the Packers, and the Lions had won every single NFL championship before that time until the Cleveland Rams were able to win in 1945. And then after they won that championship as part of the expansion into the West Coast because there were no teams out on the West Coast, they chose the Cleveland Rams to move out to Los Angeles, making way for a brand new team to come up in Cleveland being the Cleveland Browns in the All-American Football Conference, who then went on to, you know, they were in the next 10 or so championship games for their conference, you know, four years in the AAFC before moving into the NFL. And yeah, that's, I've got a lot of history as a Cleveland Browns fan because that is the only good thing that we have as Browns fans is looking all the way back into the 40s and 50s and seeing our team's name there in championship game for 10 years in a row. And winning eight championships, too bad the last one was in 1964, but we do have 10 championships, eight, eight championships. Anyway, I digress. Uh, so congratulations to, to the Los Angeles Rams for pulling out a win there. Uh, it was a fantastic game. One of the, one of the best games, one of the best Super Bowls that I have watched in a while. I'm glad that it was not another blowout. It's cool now to see teams being able to win on home turf. It hadn't happened in forever. Well, since they moved to the Super Bowl format and then the last two years seeing home teams win in front of their home crowds is just fantastic. Now, I did hear that the, um, the NFL has decided that does play some very unfair advantages, advantages, Adv I can't speak y'all, that, that a team hosting the Super Bowl while playing in it is unfair. So in an effort to prevent that from ever happening, all future Super Bowls are going to be held at First Energy Stadium in Cleveland, Ohio, because we know my beloved Browns will never, ever be there. And I guess the backup location now is going to be what? Buffalo? I don't know. I'm just kidding. Buffalo's actually been there. The Browns have never been there. Anyway, but it was a good game, and I'm, I'm glad to see that several uh, – Several teams that had tried to get there and couldn't, and it was nice to to see a good game that came down to the end, all the way down to the wire, without being a blowout. So to you American football fans, did y'all like it? Was it a good game for you? Did you like the commercials even better? I don't know. What was your standout commercial? What was your favorite Super Bowl commercial? I'll be honest. I really didn't pay much attention to the, the commercials. We had a couple things going on at the house. We usually host a party, and we we didn't. We were actually putting together a bunch of treat baskets to go and, and run over to family and friends for, for Valentine's Day. So my girls were busy doing that. I was helping out and then catching the game just a little bit. So I didn't catch all of the commercials. I did, what was the one that I noticed? Oh, the Doctor Strange movie got its trailer out and I immediately turned the TV off because I'm a weirdo who refuses to watch any Marvel trailers because I, I love the Marvel Universe. I am sitting here right now looking up at my shelf on, you know, to the right of my desk and I see some, some old books, some Marvel books from when I was a kid. I've got a couple, uh, a couple books that were signed by the artists who drew Thor from like the late eighties and early nineties. I got a couple of those sitting up there framed and yeah, I'm, I'm a Marvel nerd and 
when the Thor Ragnarok trailer came out and everybody sees, you know, Hulk come come up into the stadium and that line where, you know, Thor says, oh, I know him. Can you imagine what the response would have been in the theater if you didn't know that was coming? How much more epic would that have been in the theater if you didn't know it was coming? I mean, think to, well, like Endgame, when you see Cap with Mjolnir, that it would have been that level of excitement, right? If you didn't know that Hulk was going to be in Thor Ragnarok because the trailer spoiled it, it would have just been so much better. Since then, I don't watch any trailers to Marvel movies. So I saw it start to come up and boop, turn the TV off. Let's ignore that because I don't want to know what's happening. And if you guys want to try and spoil it in the Discord servers, fine. Do your darndest. I'll just mute the whole stinking server until the movie comes out because that's just the weirdo that I am. How do you guys feel? Do you love movie trailers or do you feel that movie trailers tend to spoil too much of the movie? You know where I stand on it. I'd love to hear where you're at. So here we go. Super Bowl is over. The Los Angeles Rams have won the Super Bowl in 2022. What are your predictions for next year? Guys, my son asked me this. He has been a super he's been a, a football fan since he was just a wee little guy. And now he's, you know, off at college working on his master's degree. Uh, and every year after the Super Bowl's over, he goes, All right, Dad, who's gonna win next year? And every year I give the same answer. And one of these years, one of these years, I might be right, and it's gonna be like the most epic told you so moment ever. But I am picking to win the Super Bowl in 2023. You guessed it the Cleveland Browns. Who do you got? Who you got next year? Let me know. Is it your favorite team? Is it just a nostalgia pick? Or is it something that you've actually, you know, pay attention and you're good at those, you know, Las Vegas stats kind of whatever. I'd love to know who you got and what you got got going on. Uh, I am going to be a diehard Browns fan until the very end. My grandmother was a massive Browns fan. My grandmother is the one who taught me to love sports. My dad, the only sport he likes is rodeo. <laughs> My mom, actually, she tolerates football now, but she's not a, a football fan either. So I used to go up to my grandmother's house uh, during football season on, on Sunday afternoons and watch games with her. And during baseball season, I would go up and sit on her back porch with this little tiny teeny tiny black and white TV that she would mute and then she would listen to the baseball games, the Cleveland Indians games on the radio because the guy calling the games on the radio was way better than the dude that was doing it on the national TV broadcast. So it was my grandmother who taught me how to love sports and I will forever be the, a fan of the same teams that she loved. So let me know who you got, who you got for next year's Super Bowl. I'm going to pick the Browns. I have no idea who they're going to be playing, but that's my pick, and it'll always be my pick. Guys, I think that is going to do for this week. I appreciate you guys coming out and, and hanging out with me. I love all the feedback that we're seeing in the Discord server, all the, the, the DMs and whatnot. It's, a, it's, it's encouraging to see that. So continue hanging out and asking questions, and let me know if there's things that you would like me to, to dig into. I don't have any in-depth knowledge right now. I am not a guy that has an NDA signed with Supercell, so I don't have any insider information. But if there's something that you're interested in, I can at least, you know, try to do a little bit of digging and see what I can figure out. So with that being said, until next time, guys, I hope that you're staying safe and having fun while you're out there playing in traffic. Bye for now.